to search the rest of his life. Where is that place that God has prepared for me? Hallelujah. Where is that place that God has prepared for his people? And I want to remind you today, amen, you may be going through a struggle. You may be going through a trial. It may seem, amen, like all hell came against you the past seven days, the past year. I don't know. But I want to remind you that there is coming a promised land for those that will fight for it, for those that will reach for it, for those that will get into God's presence and say, God, let me see that promised land. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dr. Martin Luther King, amen, begin to give that message, that final message of his life. Begin to talk about the promised land. I've been on the mountaintop and I've seen the, what it looks like. I've seen a place, amen, where people of every skin color will come together. And there will be no more discrimination. Amen. I want to tell you today, I see it in the church house. Amen. Where there's people from every walk of life. Amen. Where God has restored the broken marriages. Where God has saved the prodigal son and daughter. Amen. A promised land. It looks like, amen, healing for your family. It looks like restoration. It looks like deliverance. It looks like freedom. Amen. Many times, amen, we say uh, we're not living in the 1960s or 1970s with all that discrimination and all that slavery and all that bondage. Amen. But I think that there's still a spirit at work in this day that tries to keep people bound up in their minds. Amen. I can only go so far. There's only so much I can do when God has called the church to be overcomers. When God has called the church to be victorious. When God has called the body to extend herself. And to reach out the arms. And the feet and the legs and the hands. Out reaching to the world. And yet we slump back in a mindset of slavery. Amen. A mindset of defeat. A mindset of I can only go so far in God. Amen. I want to tell you God has called this church to be victorious. God has called your family to win the loss. God has called this church, amen, to great things. Hallelujah. That promise was first issued to Abram in Genesis chapter 15. The first few chapters of the Bible, a promise of a land, amen, that would flow eventually with milk and honey, as we would know later in the scriptures, was given to Abram. Amen. Many, many years. Amen. Before it would eventually take place. Uh, Bible scholars have tried to date this specific experience. Uh, God's ori original promise to Abram in the year 1913 B.C. Uh, and other scholars would tell you that eventually when they entered into the promised land, it was in 1400 B.C. And a lapse of 500 years had passed. Amen. From when God originally made a promise to Abraham until the day in which it would be fulfilled and the people of God would enter in. Amen. There are times, amen, in our walk with God, there are times in our church's history where God would speak to you in a service, where God would give you a word from the Lord and God would give you direction. And you look and you say, I have been living this life for so many years and I haven't seen it yet. I'm still looking for the promise, man. I'm still waiting for God to fulfill his end of the bargain. And God wants the people to know today, amen, to trust in Him. Amen. No matter what comes against you, no matter how much of hell tries to come against you,
against you. No matter how hard the spirit of doubt comes against you. Amen. When God makes a promise, God keeps his promises. God's in the business of keeping his promises today. Hallelujah. There's a God in heaven who cannot fail. There's a God in heaven who is victorious. There's a God in heaven who knows no defeat. Hallelujah. God made a promise to Abraham. And we read that in Genesis chapter 15. That some years would go by, as we know from the scriptures. Amen. Abraham would have a child with Hagar, his handmaiden, Ishmael. Years would continue to go by. And eventually God gave Abraham a son. From his wife. And that son's name was Isaac. And in Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1, the promise was reiterated to Abraham's son Isaac. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And the Bible says that Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land that I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham. Amen. I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Amen. God reiterates the promise to Abraham's son Isaac. Years had gone by, but God had not forgotten about his word to Abraham. God has not forgot about his word to your family today. The devil will come after you. Amen. I see over and over again. Amen. People look like they're oppressed. People look like they've been lied to. Like they've been beat down through the week. And I want to remind you on Sunday morning. God has not forgotten his promise. God has not forgotten his promise. Hallelujah. God he reiterated the promise to Isaac. He reiterated his promise to Isaac. Another scripture in the word of God says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Perhaps you're here today and you're not exactly where you need to be with God. Not exactly where you once were in God. And you wonder, amen, what God spoke to you 10, 15 years ago. If God still can perform it, I want to tell you he can perform what he said he would do. He can do what he said he would do. Amen. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The promise continues through the generation, through Abraham's generations that follow. And in Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 10, God gives a promise again. To Abraham's now grandson by the name of Jacob. And he says in Genesis chapter 28 and verse number 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it and to thy seed. 
The word of God continued, amen, down to the third generation. The word of God was spoken, amen, I'll give it to you and to your seed. And God is wanting to remind somebody today, amen, no matter what you've been facing, no matter how insurmountable the obstacles, no matter how high the mountain or how wide the valley, amen, God will perform his work that he spoke into your life. God is in the business of finishing what he starts. Amen. God does not leave things. Amen. Half done, half baked, half cooked. God does things all the way. All the way. He does it all the way. Hallelujah. And one final time, the promise was made directly to the people of God. God spoke. God spoke again in Exodus chapter 12 and 25, and the promise was reiterated again through the mouth of Moses. And it shall come to pass when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he had promised, that ye shall keep this service. Amen. That when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he had promised. God began to say, I don't want you to ever forget what I promised you. I don't want you to ever forget that I promised uh, to bring you out of slavery. That I promised to make of you a great nation. Amen. Abraham left Ur the Chaldeans, just him and his family. Amen. Not really knowing where he was going, the Bible says. But he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Anytime you step out to do the will of God, you step out in faith and say, God, I'm just stepping out on a word from you. Amen. God will come through for you time and again. Amen. To whatever shape it takes in your life. Amen. Whatever form it takes in your life. If you step out in faith, God will back you up. God will come through. Hallelujah. 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 God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And Abraham left it all behind. Amen. Just following the word from God. I want to tell you today, you can survive many years on a simple word from God. You can survive a long time with just having a word from God. That's why it's so important on Sunday morning that we allow the word to get deep in our souls. And we put it into our spirits in a time at the altar concluding the service. And we say, God, let that word get deep in me. Let that word preach, God. Let it, let it marinate in my soul. Because it will be the word that sustains you through the years. It will be the word of God. It will be a preacher. Amen. A preacher's voice resounding in your ears. Amen. Over and over again. And that word will sustain you. That word will keep you. That word will go with you. That word will go with you. That word will bring about change in your life. If you allow it to work in your life. A few years ago, as there was a lot of riots going on here in the country, all these violent protests, people getting worked up about any little thing that happened, going out being violent in the streets, and that's not the will of God for us to go out and be violent in the streets, just so you know. But there was one story that came out in the news a few years ago, I remember reading about it, a mama... Uh, your mama was watching the news at home, and she saw this crowd of people, this group of young people just causing, doing, uh, committing violence, violent acts against the police, violent acts against 
businesses. And this mama at home said, I recognize that boy. I know he's got a little hood, kind of cover his face. He's got a little, he's got a little bandana, but I recognize those eyes. That's my boy. I don't know if you remember the story that came out in the news, but that mama went out and went exactly to that location and she snatched that boy out of that protest and said, you don't do that. You don't do that. That's not how we fight. That's not how we, we voice our opinions. That's not how we protest. We don't do that kind of thing. And they asked her later, why did you do that? And she said, I could hear the voice of my pastor and he would be ashamed to know that my son was out there doing that. I'm going to tell you the voice of the preacher. If you allow it to work in your life, it'll, there'll be some repercussions. There'll be some help that comes your way. Amen. The, the voice of a pastor, the voice of a preacher, amen, resounding in your ears. Amen. To hear the word of the Lord today. Amen. I want to tell you, God wants the word to work in your life, to get deep in your soul. God wants to put a love for the word of God in your heart. Hallelujah. The, the promised land began to get even more descriptive as we work our way through the word of God. And we get to Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 26. The promised land began to take on more of a descriptive nature. It said there, it said, there shall cast their young nor be barren in thy land. There shall cast their young, nor be barren. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The promised land, the place where God wants us to live, is a place of fruitfulness. It's not a place of barrenness. It's not a place where us for and no more. It's a place where there is multiplication. Amen. The place where God wants us to live is a place of growth. It's a place of fruitfulness. If you look back over your life and for the last five years, amen, there's been no progress in your life. Amen. There's been absolutely no progress in your life. And you've just gone nowhere. Amen. I want to tell you, that's not where God wants you to live. God wants you to live in a place of fruitfulness, of growth. Amen. Where there's no barrenness, but you're multiplying, you're adding. Amen. You're increasing in every which way of your life. In every which way of your life. God wants there to be increase, winning souls, teaching Bible studies. Giving unto the Lord of your finances. Amen. Winning somebody to God. Praying people through seeing the baptistry full. Amen. That's the will of God. That there be fruitfulness. That there be multiplication. That there be increase. And I'll tell you, amen. I can look back on people's lives. Even in this local assembly. In our, our beautiful church. And I've seen people, amen, that are here today under the sound of my voice. And I've watched God bless them. And bless them. And bless them. And bless them. Because they said, I'm going to live in a land of promise. Amen. The promised land is not just some geographical location on the earth. But it is a state of living. It's a state of being. It's a place where God intended the church to live. The promised land is not some place where we got to pack our bags and sell our homes and move to the move to the, the Middle East. Amen. But if there's a there's an application, there's some symbolism for the promised land. It's a, it's the way in which God wants the church to live in 2018. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The scripture continues, the number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee. And will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. I'm going to tell you when you're living in the promised land. 
When you're living where God intended for you to live, there's a whole lot of battles. Hey, Brother Miguel, you don't have to fight. Amen. There's a whole lot of battles, Brother Raul, that God fights for you. Amen. When you're living in the promised land, Brother Paul, amen, God is fighting for you. And you don't have to engage in every conflict. You don't have to engage in every every battle. But there's times when it's stay, stand still, and see the wonders of the Lord. God fights for his people. God fights for his people. And that's not to say there's not going to be some battles that you and I don't have to engage in. That's not to say there's not going to be some times when you and I have got to go to battle. When we've got to hit our knees and we've got to pray and we've got to begin to push back the plate and say, I'm going to call out my, I'm going to call out the name of Jesus in fasting today. I'm going to seek the face of God. There's times when you fight. And there are certain battles when you say, I'm going to let the Lord fight my battle. I'm just going to keep a right spirit. I'm just going to. I'm just going to worship God. I'm going to magnify Him. I'm going to keep my disposition of praise and faith and trust in God and allow the Lord to fight my battles. When you're living in the promised land, when you're living in the promised land, God fights for His people. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out. From before thee in one year. Listen closely to what the word of God says about entering into the promised land. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate. And the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little. I will drive them out from before thee. Until thou be increased and inherit the land. Don't be discouraged if you don't see the fulfillment of everything in one short year. But allow, amen, God to have his perfect work. Allow God to, to work it out and just see little by little, little by little, Brother Marcel, I'm going to go forward in God. Little by little, Brother Terrence, I'm going to take one more foot in front of the other. I'm going to make one more step to God. Little by little, I'm going to go forward in God. And I'm not going to expect to win the battle in one year. I'm not going to expect to be where Bishop Camarilla is in six months. But little by little, I'm going to go forward in God. And I'm going to lay some things aside along the road of life. God's going to speak to you. And God's going to say, lay this down. Put that aside. I want you to dress like this. I want you to take this off your body. I want you to put this out of your house. I want you to begin to do this. This, this, and little by little, amen, the word of God begins to work in your life. And you look back and you say, I'm not what I once was five years ago because he brought me out. He brought me out and he's bringing me into the promised land. The will of God is not for the people of God to just exit Egypt. If all you did was just exit Egypt, amen, you're living a half-life. You're not, amen, experiencing all that God has in store. If all that you do is stop partying and stop going to the club and stop carousing and just stop cussing and stop watching nasty things on 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 the video screen, if that's all you do, You're not experiencing what God has in store for you. But it's when you exit Egypt 
and say, I'm going to make my way through the wilderness and I'm going to get to the promised land. Uh, years have gone by, but little by little, I'm reaching for the prize. Little by little, I'm going forward in God. Little by little, I'm going forward in God. There must be progress in the life of the believer. There must be progress. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea even to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods. Amen. As we enter into that place of revival, that place of victory, that place uh, where God wants us to live, the promised land, it becomes imperative for the church of the living God to not make any compromises. Amen. We cannot compromise. We cannot make covenants with the world and, and say, uh, uh, we're just going to have this much revival. We're just going to do this much. And if you'll just take it easy on our kids, take it easy on our marriage, devil, we won't go so far. Amen. There can be no compromise. There can be no covenant with the world. Amen. We are a covenant people because it's a covenant we have with God and not with the world. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. God wants the people of God, as we're living in a place of promise, in a place of victory, and in a place of dominion, amen, to not be in mixed company, amen. But God was calling you and I, amen, to be amongst our brothers and our sisters in the Lord, to strengthen one another. For the Bible says, for if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to thee. We've got to make sure as we're living in a land of promise, amen, that we do not adopt the, the methods and the philosophies and the practices of the world around us. But we say, I'm going to keep God, uh, the Lord of hosts, as my God. And I'm not going to allow their little gods to influence me. I'm not going to allow their little gods to get in my life. There's one true God and His name is Jesus and I'll serve Him with all of my heart. Come on, it takes a covenant people. It takes a committed people that say, I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to allow the Word of God to work in my life. I'm going to keep myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 3. As we're going through a few scriptures this morning. It says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that, th that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. The descriptive words used to describe the promised land was a land that flowed with milk and honey. What is the importance of milk and honey? To us, you know, we probably don't even have honey in our cabinet. We don't think it's a necessity unless you practice what we do at home and we have honey there and we think it's going to help us with our allergies. But the honey and the milk is there to symbolize, amen, in the promised land there's the milk is the sustenance. It's the very, uh, the very essence, the, the very beginning type of food for a baby. It's, it's the very, uh, it's a granular uh, food. It's a granular sus 
substance for your body to sustain itself. The milk is the provision. It's the substance. It's the things that, to say that God will provide for your basic needs. God will provide for His people. And in the promised land, there's going to be provision for the people of God. But not just the provision, but there's also going to be some honey. Amen. And God wants life for you and your family to be sweet, to be blessed. Amen. God wants there to be a smile on the face of His people. God wants to provide, amen, for your needs. But God wants to bless you abundantly, above and beyond. Hallelujah. There's a land that flows with milk and honey. There's a place where God wants you and I to live, where God provides for you. And you're not lacking, and you're not, amen, in want, but you are, amen, being taken care of. And there is a honey. There's a sweetness of life. Oh, taste and see. The psalmist said, but the Lord is good. Taste and see. The Lord is good. Amen. People come to this house. People come to this place. They ought to see happy faces, smiling faces, because God's been good. God's been good, Sister Lucy. He's been so good. They used to say he's sweeter than the honey. He's, he's sweet, I know. He's sweet, I know. He's sweet, I know. Storm clouds may rise, and all, all these things may come against me, but he's sweet. He's sweet to me. And living for God is a sweet life. It's a beautiful life. It's a wonderful life. It's living in the promises of God is sustenance and sweetness. It's blessings. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. God begins to set the foundation, the groundwork. I'm going to take you to the promised land. But when you get to that place of promise, that place of blessing, don't you ever forget, it's here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. When God delivers you and God takes you into his promises and you begin to be blessed and God begins to provide and you're living in that land of promise and you're living in that dominion and you're living in power and authority with God, don't you ever forget it's still here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you need to love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And you need to teach it to your kids and to your grandkids. Amen. There's just one God. Brother Josh, you got to teach Wesley. There's one God and Jesus is his name. Amen. We got to teach our kids. Amen. Me and my wife, we got to teach Lene. There's one God and Jesus is his name. You got to love him with all your heart and with all your soul. Because when you enter into the promised land, you've got to enter in with some convictions. You've got to enter in with knowing and being assured of one thing. There's one God and He alone is to be praised and worshipped. He alone is to be praised and worshipped. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, 
and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Come on. There's a promise there. There's a promise there. If you be faithful to God, if you love Him with all your heart, and you don't have other gods before you, and you say, God, you're going to be the one true, the only God in my life. I'm going to worship you alone. I'm going to teach my kids. And I'm going to do with all of my heart, God. I'm going to recognize there's one God. I'm going to give you all of my worship and all of my praise. Not the small gods of this world. Amen. Not the idols of this world. Amen. Not all the different uh, characters on the movie screen. I'm not going to give them my time. I'm not going to give them my worship. But I'm going to give worship to the one true and living God. Because He alone is worthy to be praised. And if you'll do that, amen, there's a promise to the people of God. Amen. He's going to let you, amen, take cities that you did not build. Amen. Houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. Not just a place where you can lay your head. A few years ago we bought a house here in Lathrop. Amen. I love living in Lathrop. Especially when you come out of the Bay area. But you buy a house and you think, I want a room for this, a room for that. And you look around, you move in, i got to fill this house. Man, it's going to cost me this much and that much. If you're smart, you'll, you won't try and do it all in one shot. You'll spread it out. But God has promised Houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. There's so much that God is promising his people today. Wells dig that thou diggest not. God wants to provide and God wants to bless for his people. God wants you to live in a land of promise, in a place of dominion and power with God. What does that look like? That looks like a mom and a dad in a, in a house down the road. Taking authority over foul spirits that try to come against their kids. Devil, you can't have my babies. You can't have my children. Devil, you can't mess with my finances. I'm taking authority over that spirit of hell against me. God, I'm going to live holy. I'm going to live faithful. God, I'm praying, Lord, you help me to win my kids back to you. God, I'm praying, God, you help me to be victorious, God. God, I pray you help me to live in a land of promise, God. God, help me, Lord, to see it, God. But there's times, amen, that you cannot see it until you get to the mountaintop. Amen. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. Amen. That mountaintop experience is when you get to the altar and you say, God, speak to me. God, move in my life. God, I want to see what you want to do for me. Hallelujah. If we could stand to our feet as the musicians come. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy keep you from living in the land of promise. Don't let anything keep you from living where God wants you to live. If you've got to get over hurts, bitterness, hard feelings, if you've got to get over resentment, if you've got to get over anything, God, I'm going to get there. 
I'm not going to let anything to keep me from living in the land of promise. For 400 years or so, the Hebrews lived in slavery to the mighty Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And they had a promise upon their lives. But they did not realize that promise until one day God sent a man by the name of Moses to deliver them out, to set them free. And God was wanting to deliver people, his people, from slavery, from bondage, from a life of hardship, to a place they could experience milk and honey, provision, sweetness, blessing. There's a subject in the Word of God that we haven't preached about in a while. It's the subject of heaven. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 19 says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But we're not. Because there's a hope, a promise of heaven. There's a promise of heaven and all through this week it feels like there's been a fight, there's been a battle, there's been a struggle in the spirit I've sensed it, perhaps you've sensed it and the devil will try to thwart the plan of God the devil will try to to steal your joy, the devil will try to knock you off course and wreck everything that God has built up in your life, wreck everything that God has done in your life, the devil will try to destroy everything but I'm going to tell you today that there's a promise upon this church. God wants this church to live in a place of dominion and power and revival. But beyond this earthly place, there's a heavenly city that God wants you and I to obtain one day. But the one thing that will keep you and I from experiencing what I'm preaching about this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 3 and 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest but to them that believed not so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief you've got to believe this morning the Bible says he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him if you want the Holy Ghost if you want God to be with the spirit You've got to come to this altar believing. God, I believe you're going to give me the Holy Ghost. God, I believe you're going to fill me with your spirit, God. God, I'm going to come to this altar and I'm going to ask to do something, God. And I'm just going to simply believe, God, that you're going to answer my prayer. God, I'm going to pray in faith believing. Because if you have, you have unbelief in your heart, amen, you cannot get where God wants you to get. You cannot experience what God wants you to experience. 
You cannot. Hallelujah. Before we have the altar, I want us to lift our hands and I want us to begin to close our eyes and begin to talk to God. All across this house. God, I want you, Lord, to minister right now in this place. Come on, I want the church to lift up their hands and their voice and begin to talk to God. God, I refuse to live in a state of defeat. I refuse not to be a victim all of my life. God, I refuse to stay where I am, God. I'm going to go forward in you, Lord. I'm going to believe you, God, to lift me up, to bring me out, to take me through, God. I'm going to believe you, God, to take me into the promise. Come on, we need to talk to God. Come on, we need to lift our voices and talk to God. Come on, before we move any further, we need to lift our voices. We need to worship God. We need to let the Holy Ghost have His way. Come on, why don't you reach out to Him? Reach out to Him right now. God, I pray, Lord, against every spirit of doubt, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of division. I pray against every spirit of hell, against your people. And I pray in God for the, everybody here today that we would, Lord, not just exit the old mindset, but enter into a place of promise and a place of dominion and a place of power in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so every time we preach, and the word of God goes forth. There must be a response from the people of God. And just as Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. He brought them from where they were. Took them through the wilderness. And eventually, his successor Joshua led them into the promised land. And if you believe what I'm preaching today. Amen. If you believe what I'm preaching today. And you say, I want to live where God wants me to live. I want to experience the power that God has for me to, to, to live in. The, the dominion, the, the power that God has for my life. The blessing, the, the sweetness of living. If you desire that today, then just as amen, the Hebrews left Egypt, I want you to get out from that chair where you're sitting. And I want you to begin to make your way to this front. Amen. This altar area is open for those that say, I'm going to come out. I'm going to go forward. And I'm going to step into dominion and power with God. Amen. Won't you come right now? Come on. Won't you come and step out from where you are? Hallelujah. 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 Come on. I believe there's more. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Let's love him one more time here today. Let's love him one more time here today. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We mentioned a moment ago about Abraham in Hebrews. So he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The theme and the subject of the book of Hebrews is better things. It's better things. And as long as you're on that pursuit to find more of God, to obtain the promises of God, it's better things. Life gets sweeter and sweeter. It gets better and better. Amen. God is faithful. Amen. What a wonderful presence of the Lord here today. We want more of you, God. 